Ladies and gentlemen, now tune into the greatest. Ladies and gentlemen, now tune into the greatest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages, welcome back to another episode of Because I Have a Live Mic here on Fluent Radio. What's up, everybody? Hope everybody is having fun out there in this weird snow because it's not sticking, but it's still snowing a lot, so it's throwing, it's throwing me off because I'm like, do I got a shovel? Do I not have to shovel? Whatever. <laughs> we got a whole pack show for you today. We got, we're going to talk about preview next two games between Cleveland and Kansas City and the game of two old white men vying for probably the most important championship in that sport, and we're not talking about politics for once. We're actually talking about football. We talk about last night's game between uh, Buffalo and Baltimore, which I thought was probably the game, the, the most important in, in, in the playoffs. And, of course, we got to have to talk about the Houston deal that went down, which was phenomenal, and how I think this may affect the NBA for years to come. But um, we're going to kick it off with football because that the game last night between – um, Baltimore and Buffalo was probably the most important game in the playoffs because I think that game shows that both of those quarterbacks before Lamar Jackson got knocked out in the fourth quarter are here to stay permanently, right? Like, they are legit the future of the league, right? Like, And I know a lot of people give um, Josh Allen a lot of, you know, flack because he has, he has, you know, been kind of the face of just underachievement in the NFL for a long time. Like, a lot of people heaped uh, a lot of expectations on him early and he didn't live up to it for those first few years in the NFL and now he's kind of looking like he is now essentially going to be an elite quarterback for years to come right like and I think a lot of a lot of that has to deal with the fact that Lamar Jackson I mean um Josh Allen actually went into the lab and worked on the stuff like he went into his bag and actually started practicing right like he looked at film and said oh I'm not good at this intermediate pass game let me get better right like he now he can see you know elevations in his game from when he started to where he is now and I think last night he kind of regressed a little bit but again that is I mean most quarterbacks do that against that Baltimore defense like that defense is legit here to say for a while between everything between Marcus Peters uh Humphreys uh Judon all the def- um Calais Campbell even stepped up for them. You have a defense there in Baltimore, which historically has been great, right? Like, so they can hold teams there. You know, they hold teams, right? Like, and again, the only reason they got to 17 was because Lamar Jackson threw his first red zone interception in 149 games, right? Like, in 149 games, his first red zone interception for, a, you know, a pick six to go 110 yards, right? Fun fact. If you don't know who picked him off, that was the guy. If you ever see like a GIF of a guy of um a guy in the NFL combine getting hit with the head of the ball, that was the dude that picked off Lamar Jackson. But Josh Allen showed that he is an elite level quarterback, right? Like he has come a long way since the beginning, right? Again, a lot of that has to deal with they went out and got him players to help him, right? Like they went out and got a guy in Stephon Diggs who a lot of people did not think was a true number one receiver and proved to be that, right? They went out and got guys like uh, Zach Moss in the draft, right, to help him in the running game, right? They have guys like Devil Singletary in the run game. They have a guy in Cole Beasley who people 
you know, kind of wrote off as just, you know, a slot guy and he's plumbing one of the best slot receivers out there, right? Like they have weapons in Knox in the tight end spot, right? Like they have weapons around him and they have a I don't want to say they're an elite level defense just yet. I think they are a scary defense if you don't have the weapons to go against them like Kansas City will have when they play them in the championship game. But you know, they so I don't want to be like they're an elite level defense that can hold anybody. Like they have parts of an elite defense, right? Like that secondary is locked down, right? Like between Joe Davis White, Josh Norman when he's not on the other side of a Derrick Henry stiff arm, right? Like they are a legit secondary. So right now I think that they're a scary secondary, but I still think, you know, Kansas City still has the weapons that can actually compete against them. But if you look at that game, right, like that's going to be those these Actually, these four quarterbacks in the AFC, right, like Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes are going to be kind of sort of the next four representatives of the Super Bowl, right? Like that four combination is going to be in the Super Bowl for years to come because I think all four of them are, you know, the next up, right? Like they are the elite quarterbacks in coming, right? So I think they're all going to step up. So that's why I said like this, that game was important because that was a game to see, okay, who's next to challenge Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, who's next to challenge Patrick Mahomes as to be the quarterback to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? And, you know, sadly, the game didn't go as as what I thought it would have. You know, they kind of held Lamar Jackson in check, and sadly, he got knocked out in the uh, fourth quarter. He got a concussion. He was into the protocol. I didn't – I show you how bad, like, they had it. I didn't – I forgot Robert Griffin was injured, too, the entire season because – that shows you how good Lamar Jackson is and how bad um, that offensive line was. Like, I forgot that he was gone. He was injured in, like, the first game of the season, tore his ACL. Now he's not out, so he was out. So, um, But also shout-out to Bills, Bills Mafia because they did something that I didn't – I expected them to do because they are super petty that way but also kind of super nice. Like, he got knocked out, but they also um, donated – to his favorite charity so that's kind of one of those petty things that you think that it's petty but at the same time it's like it's nice it's a nice petty so but that game was probably important because again like I said it's the future of quarterbacks for the AFC right and then the game that I thought that I thought I never would say these words out of my mouth I think the Packers might win the Super Bowl this year because I think they are I think they are the most dangerous team going into the uh, going into championship game, right? Because I said early on, I said that the Rams were the worst matchup for the Packers because the Rams have, you know, again, Jalen Ramsey, an elite level defender who can stick with your number one, right? Like he can stick with your number one. You have a secondary in the Rams that are that isn't shut down, but they can they can bend, but they don't break, so they don't really give up a lot of points. You have a defensive line where Aaron Donald, uh, Booker, even Leonard Floyd, who surprised me, right? Like Leonard Floyd, who, again, one of those players who got out of Chicago and now all of a sudden he had a 13-sack season, right? Like, where was this, right? He got he gets out and he has a great season, right? Like, they had a defense that can stop him, right? The offense, he had a run, they had a run game in Cam Akers and Malcolm Butler, who not Malcolm, but Malcolm Brown, who can, again, if you want to stop Aaron Rodgers, you keep him on the sideline so he can run it. Yeah, Jared Goff was questionable with the thumb, but it was still – you still have weapons in Robert Wood, Cooper Cup, and then ended up Cooper Cup being out, right? So you had weapons there. You had tight ends like Higby, right? You had weapons there. And for a while, the game was close. 
and then Aaron Rodgers happened, right? Like Aaron Rodgers just decided to take over. So now it's one of those things where I don't know who's going to stop them, right? Like changing that tune from a couple of weeks ago. Huh? Listen, yeah, listen. Yeah. I reserve the right. I reserve the right to change my mind when I am wrong. But, <laughs> but I will say this. It was scary for a while because it looked because again. I will say this. They went against a team where their quarterback was hurt in, in uh Jared Goff. His thumb wasn't right. Cooper Cup was gone. You look at you look at the two teams that are going to be vying to play them. You look at uh Tampa Bay, who look like they've decided just to be like, we're just gonna let Tom Brady be Tom Brady and decide, here, let you do you. And also, by the way, Drew Brees and the Saints got back Michael Thomas, right? Like his best weapon. Because Drew Brees has, you know, can't throw it deep anymore, so his best weapon is a short game, right? So, I still reserve the right. If they, like I said, I will say, like, they are dangerous and they could go to the Super Bowl, representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, but it will be desperate to see, right? Like, so, I don't know how that's going to work out. But right now, like I said, this is going to be interesting to watch because, again, Tampa Bay had a defense who dominated Green Bay early, right? Like, Green Bay was early. Like, they were still looking dominant early in the season, and then, they shut them down and only let them score 10 points, picked off Aaron Rodgers twice, right? Like, so they have a defense, right? Now, the Saints defense has gotten better since they played him, right? Since, you know, since they played him, I think, like, week five, right? Like, they've gotten better since then. So when you look at that, how that's going to work out, it's who do I trust more at the quarterback position, right? Like, do I trust Tom Brady more who, yeah, can't do all the things that he used to do when he was, you know, Tom Brady in his prime but still has – the plethora of weapons who can go and score, right? Like, the thing with the Packers is if you can keep up with them in the scoring route, then you have a chance to win that game because that defense is not as elite as a lot of people want to give it credit for, right? Like, they didn't – like, in that last few runs of that of the season, they really didn't play too many top-level quarterbacks, right? Like, let's be honest, right? Like, they didn't play too many top-level quarterbacks, and they still had everything kind of locked up well, not so much locked up, but they still were closer closer to the one seed than they than any other team were. So now you have an elite, you have two elite level quarterbacks who are going to play. You have an elite offense, or you have an offensive line, especially that one in Tampa Bay who can't hold up against that pass rush. Where you know, so it can go either way. So that's why I'm going to say, like, I think that Packers can represent the NFCs, but I mean NFC in the playoffs. But it's going to be a struggle if, if, especially if Tampa Bay wins, right? Like if Tampa Bay wins, which I'll get to that in a second. But if Tampa Bay wins, I don't, I can't see them going because they will be able to have the weapons to keep up and score. So we'll see about that. Um, so this week's, uh, this today's games, we have two matchups that are actually going to be fun to watch. We have Kansas City versus Cleveland and Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. So the Tampa Bay Cleveland, I mean. Kansas City-Cleveland game is actually going to be fun to watch because this will be the first time in a while that Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield have gone against each other since the, you know, classic that they had back in college when they went, when they played, um, when they played for Oklahoma and Texas Tech where they just lit up the scoreboard, right? Like, we're, in my opinion, the game that put um, Patrick Mahomes on the map because, again, he did go to Texas Tech, so not a lot of people knew who Patrick Mahomes was at the time. And you had Baker Mayfield, who at the time was a Heisman-level candidate going into 
that season in Oklahoma who ended up did going to the college playoffs and ended up losing to Georgia, but ended up did go to the college playoffs and won the Big 12. But this is going to be an interesting game because both of them have matured as players, right? Like, you look at that game, again, different level college, you know, whatever. Like I've always said this about the Big 12. If you're a quarterback and you want to pick up big numbers, go to the Big 12 because the Big 12 plays no defense. But if you look at how both of these quarterbacks have evolved and changed, right? Like Baker Mayfield, again, a lot of people were giving him flack for, you know, talking a lot, of, talking a big game, but not being able to make it account when the game starts. You know, he was, you know, they always talked about him and everything was going on, like how he had, at one point, he had more commercials than wins. He had like seven commercials on TV and he only had five wins, how everything was going down here. And Baker kind of turned that team around. Like he turned that team around, they got better, and they ended up, again, winning, getting into the playoffs, and then beating Steel the Steelers, you know, when every when Juju decided to say, Oh, they're the same old Browns after, you know, getting whooped and I looked up, I promise you, I was like, I'll check the score of the game because it's probably gonna be close. It's probably not gonna be it's gonna be like 10, 30. I looked, it was twenty eight to nothing in the first half. Like the they scored on a like the game went downhill after the hike when he um the Steelers hiked the ball and the ball went in the end zone. I was like, Oh, Oh, this that type of game I see, right? Like this was you can tell everything was off, right? Like everything was set up and everything was set up for the Browns to fail, right? Like they had the coach had the COVID, so he couldn't coach. They really didn't have any practices. Players, you know, they were concerned about players, so they really couldn't practice the way they wanted to. So they, because of course he had to, of course you know you had to isolate yourself, you know, make sure you know because the head coach had COVID, so they had to make sure that everybody else didn't, right? So they really didn't have the same practice time, right? Like. You have that. You have the injuries building up, right? Like, you have the whole history of the Steelers versus the Browns in the playoffs, right? Just just that in general, right? Like, you had Juju out there saying, like, they're the same old Browns. You had um, Claypool saying that, you know, at the end of the day, we're still big brother in this division. You had everything built up for the Browns to lose. And for a lot of people to be like, you know what? They, you know, while they may have lost it, you know, they probably should have deserved that loss because, you know, everything – they had every – excuse built up for them ready to lose and when it came down to it they won right like do you put that on the coaching or the plan because that going that kicking it off on fourth and one was one of the stupidest things i ever saw in my life well that okay because again it's one of those things where i've said this before they were coaching scared so like because everything like i said wait once especially once well to be fair once you are up 20 once you up 21 anything in like the first few minutes your whole game plans out the window right like you can't plan for, you you don't plan like you plan for being up you plan for being being down okay we seven one we're still kind of in our playbook we still have our script going ten okay cool you're ten we're still capable of keeping this game once you go up twenty something once you go up you know seventeen zero twenty one zero twenty eight zero like now you got to throw everything out the window and try to play by the field but when they punted it they was midfield and it was only twelve points uh, down at that point oh oh you talk about oh well yeah no because that's 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 still. That was a dumb decision because I would have – I think it was we trust our defense to stop them. And, I, again, I think that goes back to these are the same old Browns. We're not worried about it. They, we, they, we were up – they were up 28 and we came back and now we're down. They're only up by 12. They, you know, we have this, right? Like everything's built up for us to win. And then for you to do that and then like, okay, cool. Because, again, the Browns had – the only reason they scored was off a, a, good, a great call with that screen from Nick Chubb. Because they took advantage of the fact that um, 
the Brown, the Steelers were going to be were going to blitz out all out. Uh, another play that I think really broke them was the third and I think third and five when Baker ran, ran it for those five yards. That was to me if if the Browns come uh, come back and lose Kansas City, everybody's kind of expecting that. Like to be fair to Kansas City, I don't think too many people think they're not going to get the Super Bowl. But if the Browns lose, that is the play that makes I think gives Baker Mayfield the infamous infamous uh notice of he's playing dangerously because that was the play where like i don't care i'm selling out right like when people talk about you sell out for a team that was a sellout team like because he was stopped short and he's he lowered the shoulder and went through and got it so that was the play that i think will you know forever you know cement him as one of the great browns right because <clears throat> not too many of them especially this decade hell, this century <laughs> i mean i'm serious like oh it was it's what uh, Otto Graham, Vinny Testaverde, and yeah, that's it. And Tim Couch because he went to the playoffs once. And OJ Simpson. I mean, I wasn't gonna, you know, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say OJ. Oh, well, Jim, Br- no, no, it's Jim Brown. Well, Jim Brown too. But I was, you know, you put him in there, you know. Because <laughs> OJ, if one, uh, one thing OJ can do, he can run. I hate how that whole incident just took him out. <laughs> well, no, it was great. It wasn't that incident. That was fine. It was deciding he wanted to go up there and get all his stuff back when he realized why everybody else were wearing recording devices but not me. Yeah. When he went to the hotel room, that was this. That was the decision. Like, oh, okay. I that in the book too. That man in the book. If I did, I was like, ooh, like it's weird. That was a weird time because I'm just like. That was the one time black people was like, do we really want to? Do we really want to support? I mean, it's OJ. He can't. He he beat the system. To the hotel, I think we. Yeah, he beat. He beat. Like we gave you two chances. We gave. We tried. We we beat the system. It's like ah, we gotta vote for OJ. But yeah, but um, but no, I think, I think the Browns are going to be. This matchup is going to be fun because it is a level of defense that I don't think the Browns. I don't think Kansas City has seen right because Denzel Ward, in the cornerback for the Browns. In his five years, has not given up more than an 80-yard game, right? And that's from Cleveland and Ohio State. So, and you have guys like Miles Garrett, who is a havoc on that offensive line. But I think they're going against a better offensive line in Kansas City versus Cle- uh, Buff- um, Pittsburgh. They're going to go against a better offensive line. And I can't ever doubt Patrick Mahomes. Right? Like Patrick Mahomes, if you have Patrick Mahomes, you're always automatically going to have like. <clears throat> give you a spot of at least 10 points, right? Because he's going to throw you out of situations. He's going to throw you into situations, right? Like Tyreek Hill, if Sammy Watkins decides he wants to play, you have guys like Clyde Edwards, right? Like the rookie out of uh, LSU. You have a Le'Veon Bell who has had a weirdly quiet season. Like people forget, like Le'Veon Bell is on that team, right? Like people, I know people kind of forget because he was in that Jets for like a while and messed that up. But Le'Veon Bell is one of the most dangerous, like, out-of-the-backfield running backs they've seen, right? Like, And, oh, by the way, he's had probably some of his biggest games against the Browns, right, like when he was Pittsburgh, right? So this is going to be a game where I think it's going to be close for a while. And I think in third quarter, beginning of fourth, Patrick Mahomes is going to take over. But like I said earlier, like, these four quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, they're going to be the four quarterbacks who are going to represent the AFC for a long for a long period to come, right? Because I don't because I think a lot of people are saying like the this is just a blip, right? Like the Browns aren't for real. This is just a blip. like no, this is a legit Browns team, right? Like this this team now is legit, right? Like they are a danger to go into the NFC North and win it now, right? Like and 
No, no, I don't have them. I don't have them winning. No, no, no. I'm saying like they are. I say not this year, right? But years to come. Okay. Because especially as long as they don't do that weird thing with everybody's been talking about. Because I know people are saying like, well, look how they're doing without Odell Beckham. Like, listen, I didn't tell y'all this before. Y'all ain't never gonna convince me. More money is better than no, less money, right? Like, I am not trading Odell Beckham away, right? Like, ask uh, Deshaun Watson how that's going without um, DeAndre Hopkins, right? He's ready to leave, so I'm not doing that. But, yeah, no, this is going to be fun for a while. Appreciate it. So, yeah, uh, but also going to the, AS, the NFC with the battle of, again, this, this is why this year is going to be fun because we have in the NFC kind of the – Star Wars, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees, kind of, you know, the Star Wars statues, you know, the guys you think of in the NFL when it comes to quarterback versus these new young and upcomers in Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, you know, Baker Mayfield, guys that, you know, guys that are up and coming that are going to be the future going on. Um, This one's going to be hard because I think a lot of people are going to give it to this, uh, the Saints because they have mollywopped Tampa Bay both times they played them right like they I mean not just like molly wop they molly wopped them like one game they scored three points and punted every every down right like they only scored got one field goal and after that they punted on every down the entire game so do what I what I think that will be different in this one is that they are expecting the um Tampa Bay not to be real right like they they've like we got we did it before like we we hype everything's ready everything is leading up to the fact that I think that this Tampa Bay offense is more is better than what it was before because now you have Antonio Brown who is coming around to being like that number three option right like you have a Chris Godwin you have Mike Evans you have uh, OJ Howard you have Rob Gronkowski right like that offensive line has finally got better and the best part is Bruce Arians is now letting Tom Brady be Tom Brady right like it feel like it was for the longest period of Bruce Aarons just trying to be like, I'm the coach, but, you know, I'm the coach, so Tom Brady's going to play in my offense, whereas it's just like, listen, just let Tom Brady play in his offense, which is a play act, which is play action, right? Like, which is heavily, heavily run game. You know, every now and then you take a deep shot or you go to, for those intermediate passes, right? Like, you have two running backs in Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones who can play the play action very well, right? Like, if you let them run the ball, especially against that Saints defense who has been known – to pin its ears back and go after a quarterback, right? Like you have the offense to beat the Saints. I just I think now Tampa Bay knows that and they're going to actually do that, right? Like they're going to play action pass. They're going to allow Tom Brady to be the field general that he is and pick apart that admittedly very good defense in the Saints. So I think this game is going to be way more different than the games in the regular season. But also I also but I still give the edge to the Saints because now the Saints beat again. The Saints beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers without Michael Thomas. Like people forget about that part. They beat him without Michael Thomas. Now Michael Thomas is back. So now it is even more relevant that I think that they're going to win this game for that reason, right? You have one of, in my opinion, the best red zone option in wide receiver in Michael Thomas, like right? a guy that's big who can catch, who can run the screen, who can run, not the screen, who can run a slant route, who can run a curl route, who can run a post pattern who run a fade route better than most receivers whose catch radius is so good I don't think a lot of the defensive backs for Tampa Bay can't stick with him so 
this game is going to come. I think this game comes down to which quarterback has the ball last. If Tom Brady has the ball last, then I think they win. So I'm going to go, but I'm still going to go with the Saints. I think the Saints just have too much firepower to not win this game. Um, we're going to say in football, we're going to talk about this because this actually story popped up, which was interesting. Because you know what they always say, if a quiet man talks, people listen, right? So Andre Johnson, great receiver for Houston Texans for a long time, for long years, has told uh, Deshaun Watson that he should stand his ground. So I don't know. We talked about this briefly, but we didn't really go into it. Um, if you don't know, Deshaun Watson, quarterback for Houston, has been – I don't want to say mistreated, but kind of led astray because what happened was Houston kind of told them that they were going to have him in the decision to basically pick the GM. They were going to take his advice, see who he likes, see who, how they were going to go, how everything was going to work out, you know, put his input in. Because, again, essentially he is one of the leaders of that team, right? Like he is the key factor of that team right now. So you have some, you have him, and then you go and hire essentially a guy he said that he didn't want – you go and hire another New England guy after the last New England guy basically all basically almost tanked the team. You have no picks in the first and second round this year. Your first pick is in the third round. You don't have a true number one receiver. Your offensive line is starting to fade away. Defensively, you're not looking as strong as you are. And somehow or another, Deshaun Watson ended up still having one of the best uh, completion raiders in the NFL, led the league in passing and still and your team still went four and twelve, right? Like there aren't too many teams that do that. So Deshaun Watson now is a little bit upset. He's trying to get out of Houston. Probably should take some uh advice from James Harden on how to get out of Houston because somehow he got out. We gonna talk about we're gonna talk about that. I mean just don't do the strippers, you'll be fine. So he took that. So he's so he right now he's trying to get out get out and Andre Johnson who never really tweets but outside of making some tweet outside of making money right like if you ever look down Andre Johnson timeline it's either retweeting stuff that he that pay him or nothing else. He said that Deshaun wants to stand his ground. Now what that means is if that means that he wants to leave then he should do that um, because but it's like he doesn't want to leave because he did sign that extension right he did sign that extension he signed it so he's going to be there for at least. You know, at least three more years <clears throat> with a four uh, with option for a fourth. He's going to, you know, he's going to be making good money there. But I think it just depends on like, do you want to just waste his time and his effort there, and his obviously his good years that are left there for just to be him just to waste away for you to just rebuild, right? Because anytime you bring in a GM and you need to bring in a head coach, they're going to want to bring their guys in, right? Like they want to they want to build the team how they want to, right? Like, they want to build a team under their image, right? So, if you are going to do that, then I think you should trade away Deshaun Watson, right? Like you should get – because Deshaun Watson is still worth a number one pick, right? Like, there are still teams that are willing to give up a number one pick for him, right? And if you're Deshaun Watson, you should leave because they have shown that they are happy to just rebuild. You know, again, I know it's a business and everything, but they are happy to not – take to say that we want your opinion but only to a certain degree like we want your opinion but it's not to you know for us we were like we'll listen to you like yeah thanks there and we'll do our own thing so if Deshaun wants to leave I agree with him right because you can go away you can get you because it's going to be a messy divorce either way because they're still going to have to pay you that money so that's not the issue it's just if you're Deshaun Watson do you want to sit here and waste away 
under a team where you can go some ways and actually win, right? Because they took away your number one option and still proven. And a lot of people saying, like, he wasn't going to be a good quarterback because he didn't have him. Now he proved that that was wrong because he ended up having one of the best years ever, right? Like, he still led the league in passing yards, right? like, with 4,000, like, 4,800 something. He still had one of the best percentage rates, you know, uh, in the league, right? Like, he had, I think, uh, about a 73, 74, right? So other quarterbacks that done that have won the Super Bowl, like Joe Montana and Steve Young, right? Like so that showed that he is still a good a good quarterback even with even without a number one receiver, right? So I think he should go. I think probably the best landing spot for him would probably be because people are saying like Miami, I, Miami is fine. Like they have two. I think two is going to be you know elite once they get him some weapons too. I think that they should. I think he really should look at <clears throat> Chicago once they get everything together that he should really look at again a place in san francisco right like i think san francisco would be a great spot for him they have weapons there they have a good def- they have a great defense there right like they have kyle shanahan who's a good who's a master in um on the offense right like so those are spots for him but i think he should think really really think should hard about leaving right so i think he should get up out of there but speaking of people who got up out of houston um james harden james harden got his wish and got out of Houston. And I will say this, that if Brooklyn does not win this year, it's a failure. No, absolutely not. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely not. They, Brooklyn traded away essentially 10 years of draft picks to get James Harden. You have to give them time to get <coughs> chemistry right. Now, you've seen what happened last night. Oh, you mean the absolute shade that he threw to Houston? He's like, you and, he's like yeah, when, you know, how's the chemistry? Well, you know, when you play with really, really good players. Yeah, that, was kind of that was the shadiest thing. I'm talking about how he played. Triple double. Yeah, he triple doubled. Uh huh. And a lot of those turnovers was to DeAndre Jordan, which yeah. DeAndre Jordan dropped. Yeah. So you give him time to get the <clears throat> chemistry together. Oh, you have a team. Oh, I agree with you. That's why I say he has to win now. They, this is the this is if they do not win, at least get to the finals okay. this year. That, I'll give you that. If they don't get two to the finals, to two years to win. This year they need to because yeah. they Brooklyn traded away. It was a four team trade between Brooklyn. Well, yeah. I mean, again, they mortgaged the house to get they get the chain. So they trade is Brooklyn, uh, Houston, Indiana, and Cleveland. Cleveland and Indiana kind of got shafted, if you want my opinion. Mm-hmm. Houston got Victor Oladipo, which basically means they're playing, they are living by this small ball lifestyle. And um, Houston only got Victor Oladipo. They got, let's see, they got the first round picks in the two thousand. 2020, 21, 23, and 25, and pick swaps in 22, 24, and 26. So essentially, they have traded away a decade of picks for James Harden. And I agree, like, they looked great, right? Unprotected picks. Unprotected picks. Unprotected and pick swaps, so it doesn't, it can be whatever. But I will give it to you. Like, Like, last night, they. Him and Jane, him and Kevin Durant looked like they just left off from when they were playing in OKC. It looked like they were just together, right? Like, they looked great. Like, again, you have a double-double, one of the only, I think, other four players that may have a double-double on your debut with the team in a trade. But I think whenever Kyrie comes back, because Kyrie, I think, I don't know, is he on a vision quest? If he's... Are you on a trade, oh, Kyrie? For oh, no, no. Trades? Oh, God, no. I do not. Listen, we do not need OKC Part 3. We do not need OKC Part 3. That is not going to, that's not going to work as well as people think, right? Like, because I think I, I think uh, he I think Russell Westbrook sees now why John Wall wanted to get out of Houston. I mean, get out of Washington. 
But if, like I said, when Kyrie comes back, we'll see how this thing really works out. Because, again, I feel like Kyrie does this a lot when he becomes – because Kyrie, I've always said this, Kyrie loves to be the martyr of a team but doesn't want to have the martyr effect, right? Like, he lo- he wants to be the guy that – like, oh, the team, you know, it's be built around me when it's not built around me. Oh, my gosh, you know, I want to get out. I want to leave. Like, and then, like, oh, he does things like go to a party without a mask on. Yeah. Take Zoom calls during games. Take, <laughs> take Zoom calls during games. Like, Kyrie, like, Kyrie does this a lot. But if, like I said, if they get, like I said, if, that, if the team in Brooklyn chemistry get together, if they end up being – what I think they are, which will be a team. Because, again, James Harden, not even that. James Harden has come together now as being a better defender, right? Like, he was, you know, getting steals. He was blocking balls. He was actually sticking with people. You know, like, he's come together and been a a great defender. He looked like he was wearing a fat suit in Houston because he dropped all of that and just came Mm -hmm. back together. And I'm pretty sure somewhere Brooklyn strippers are excited about this. Oh, the whole demographics has changed. The demographics have changed. girls are mad. (laughs) They mad right now, cause Vic, I'm telling you right now, Victor Oladipo ain't gonna be out there. It's, it's gonna be a lot of fights coming out the Brooklyn. Oh yeah, that. a lot of fights coming out the Brooklyn. Oh yeah, but you yeah, know, um, but like I said, I think that if they don't get to the finals this year, if they don't at least get to the finals this year, win it next year, it's a it's a failure because you essentially traded away your future, right? Like now it worked. Now again, this trade reminds me of the Boston trade a few years ago, because they traded away their future to get. Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and that worked, right? Like, that worked, and it ended up winning them a title, getting to the finals, you know, eventually, you know, and then kind of started the whole realm of the super team with, you know, the Miami Heat thing, and then that snowballed into an old, the where we are now, where the NBA, where you need to at least, like... Chase the ring. Yeah, chase the ring, which was, again, I'm not mad at that. Like, every, people say, like, oh, you know, people who chase the rings, like, then what are you in there for? It's a smudge on some of the greats. It's a like LeBron. That's a smudge on his record. It's a smudge on his, it's a smudge on his record. But at the same time, I'm just like, in Cleveland, you have to look at it different because Cleveland they never got him help. When Cle- when he drug that when he drug that terrible Cleveland Cavalier team to a final. When your second best player on that team was Drew Gooden, he again I'll give LeBron a smidget of a pass because of that. Because he drug well, he drug that team again. He drug that team to the final. I think it was like two five against San Antonio. Lost to um, who was that? Uh, Orlando Magic, and then mm-hmm. lost to Boston, and then he left. Yeah. So how long did Jordan drug the sorry Bulls for? <laughs> Come on now. I mean, Jordan drugged us, and then what happened? He, and then he got some help. Yeah. <laughs> he got some help. At least the Bulls were smart enough to be like, okay, I guess we need to get him some help, right? The Cleveland decided, let's go get Shaq when he's like 88 years old <laughs> with 90-year-old knees. Who just came off getting the heat win? Come on now, don't do that to Shaq. Yeah, that was, again, that was, oh, I'm sorry, that's right, when Shaq yeah. was 75 with 60-year-old knees. <laughs> when Dwayne Wade drugged that, when Dwayne Wade had to win that time. Like, I'll give Shaq, like, in the heat, but then, you know, it went downhill. But, uh, no, um, but Boston, again, Boston did that. They traded away, and they, it ended up working, right? Like, they, they got it. Now, again, it did affect them for a while, but now it did pay off at the end because now look at them now. Like, they ended up getting uh, Tatum, Brown. Now they are, have a young team to build around. Like, they, they're, they're going to be dangerous. But I think it, it – but, it, again, it paid off in the long run, right? It paid off is literally, like, that year where they got to the final. 
So that's why I say, like, if they can get that squad together, if Kyrie can come together and not do Kyrie things, <clears throat> do Kyrie things, which would be to basically throw a temper tantrum, they could be, they could win a team, right? Like, and I, st- <laughs> and I just look at that. I'm just look at it now as Brooklyn is going to be a threat for years to come because of this, right? Like now it's who is going, because now it's like, now we look at this, like, does this, because this affects Giannis, this affects uh, Philly, this affects Luke, Luke, well, Luke is in the West. Like this affects more the East than it does the West because yeah, now. going to the East now. You're like, yeah, because. Everybody going to the East. It's more easy over there. It's more easy over there. <laughs> but because now it's just like, if you're Milwaukee, how do you convince uh, Giannis, well, you already got Giannis say, but how can you convince teams to come and play with Giannis now? Because now it's just like, yeah, you can come to Milwaukee and you have a chance to get to the finals, but now you have a chance to go against Brooklyn, right? Like now it's like, uh, now it's like, like whereas like Milwaukee was, you come to Milwaukee, you're kind of guaranteed at least a chip to the right. East Championship, East Championship game. Now it's just like you are champ, you are champ, uh, granted the East Championship game, but now it's against Brooklyn, right? Like if you're those role players, though complimentary players, they'll go. Yeah, but still, my thing is, even if okay, we now have a Finals team put together, what will Harden do in the Finals? That's my only question. I think. I'll say this. I think he will actually – because now he knows that it's on him, right? Like, I will say this. He knows now, right? Because when he went to Houston, he really wasn't like, eh, you know, I'll just play around, right? He had CP3 there who was telling him, yo, let's go. Like, CP3 was telling him, let's play, right? Let's play. He really wasn't into it. Now I think he sees, like, okay, the potential, potential, not only that, but just the pressure. Now Now it's really on because now it's like, listen, like, I did all of this to get out there to, because I want a ring. KD has a ring now, right? So KD is going to look at this like, yo, you did all of this to get a ring? Okay, let's go, right? right. You look at Kyrie. Kyrie has a ring. You did all this to get a ring? Okay, let's go. So I don't know if he has the opp- the opportunity of fading away, right? Like, Plus you have a guy, which I'm still a little concerned about, in Steve Nash on how he's all going to keep this together. That's true. Like for a first-time coach, it's I going to be – handling the whole Kyrie thing? It be, I mean, as a coach, I mean, it's fine for right now because I think that's just more of a front office thing because I feel like, especially when you hire a brand-new coach who just who was really just got done playing like a few years ago, he understands, like, what, what's going on because he's all seen, like, people in the locker room like that who are a little spaced out, who, you know, are a little on their own things, who knows everything's going on. Like, he, I think he understands, like, okay, cool. Let Kyrie do his Kyrie thing. When he's on the court, he plays well. I think the moment it starts to become a distraction for the team, like for like when he does things that detriment the team, like if he comes back, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, like he comes back and he is he does, you know, test positive or he does have asymptomatic and he does end up spreading it and then it starts to affect the team, then it's just like, okay, listen, like now you need to sit down, sit him down and be like, listen, you now are affecting the team. Right. Now you're, you know, costing team players. You're costing team games. You may end up costing us a playoff spot. We may end up having to be, instead of being the number one, we're the number two. Now we don't have, now we have less chance home field advantage, right? Like you have these things. Like right now it's okay. Like, listen, that's front office stuff. The front office knew what they were going to get with Kyrie when they got Kyrie. So, like, they're just like, listen, we'll push, we'll handle that. Just play, just coach the game. Right. The moment it starts affecting that, then Steve Nash is like, okay, listen, chill, right? Because you forget. 
when he was in um Houston, not Houston, when he was in um Phil, not, you can do it. Air, I can do it. Arizona, Phoenix. I live there, so I should know where Phoenix. Mm-hmm. When he was Phoenix, uh, he had uh, Stoudemire, who was oh, a little yeah. spaced out. Who was he was a little capped out. He was a little spaced out. He did his lot of things, and you know, and when he was on the court, he did his thing. But you know, he's so it's just he'll handle it when it gets into a team issue. But right now, it's just like, hey, whatever. Because again, like a lot of the stuff Kyrie is doing, because it's just like I feel. Someone said, someone told me, like, Kyrie's doing this just so he can get out. I'm like, no. Yeah, just so he won't get traded. <laughs> just so he won't get traded. Like, get well, Kyrie put in, well, Kyrie's contract is so he can't really get traded right now. Like, at least not this year. But they're able to void it, though, right? They can void it, but then they'd have to pay him that money. So that's the thing, right? It, it's it's the difference of, like, if he's, like, if he's, a, like, there's always a contract. They're always, like, spacing contracts to be like, hey, if he causes, you know, legal issues, we can void it without money. But if it's just, like, he just doesn't want to play, and he wants to get traded. We can right. avoid it, but they still end up having to pay him that thirty. I think thirty-three mil. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> like Stephen A. was like, he should retire. And it's like, calm down, Stephen yeah, A. Like, calm down. So no. But I'm looking. But also, like you said, like in the East, that's a problem. But in the West, that's a problem too. Because now you look at Lakers, uh, Dallas. Phoenix either right like Phoenix is kind of Phoenix is quietly putting together a pretty decent season right like you look at teams like that um what's going to happen with there because now LeBron's gonna LeBron I think is looking at that it's just like okay cool right okay now I think he knows what it feels like to have essentially a super team put together to beat him because now you have one of those teams where it's Especially well, in Kyrie. He felt that way when the Warriors kind of got put together too. So I think that he's, you know, what I'm saying, like he come accustomed to it. He's accustomed to, it. but again, it's also, but I think now it's a little bit better because he does have someone in like an Anthony Davis where he doesn't have to, you know, be all in all the time. Yeah. Like when the war, they, but the Warriors, I'll give you, but the Warriors super team really was put together. It really didn't have to get put. Together. Like Kevin Durant just wanted to go to the Warriors, right? Like they were, it was not like they weren't going to say no, but it's not like they nearly needed him, right? Because right. I'll say, I'll say this: it would have been different if, if Draymond. Some people say like it would have been different if Draymond was there. I don't think so, but I think it was just, I just think LeBron wanted it more than the Warriors that year. Yeah. I think because the Warriors were coming off of that high, coming off of championship, yeah. having a seventy-three and nine season, right? Like being the best regular season team, you know, beating team, you know, almost sweeping teams like left and right. I think they were just like, okay, well, we gonna walk in here and we swept it. We they got up three nothing, right? Like then that first, then you know they lost. Okay, cool. You know, nobody thought LeBron was gonna get swept this year. Cool, whatever. And then it just kept snowballing, right? Like it kept snowballing because you know everything was happening. You know, Kyrie came on. Uh, Jr. You know, wasn't you know didn't have any brain farts and remembered how many you know what the time was. You have a you had a uh, Kevin Love who wasn't who was trying to prove himself. You had a Tristan Thomas who was trying to get a contract. You had uh, um, uh, Iman Shumper who was a defense who people who don't understand like how good of a defensive player he was was right. He was good, right? You had a Ripper Jefferson who wasn't as great as a lot of people think he was, but he still could. He was playing key roles in spots. Right. You had a lot of players on that team that I don't think people people just underrate because it was LeBron and people think it was he was David Ruffin and they were the Temptations. I mean, in a sense, they were. Don't get me wrong. In a sense, they were, but he still was a little bit better. And then the Warriors just like, okay, I guess we need that kind of need to go back and get somebody who is hungry to get that ring. To remind us of okay, it's not as easy as people think it is. Right. But yeah, no. Um, 
this because that again it also looks like so who's going to go where right because this offseason is now going to be fun because do you go to a place like out this throw this out you go to a place like dallas right have luca there do you say okay we're going to you don't have to get like three i think as long as you get two you put luca together with somebody who can score on his own defend do all the things and don't have to worry about luca and stick him together right. that would be a dangerous dallas team who I think could challenge the Lakers, probably not beat the uh, Brooklyn, but at least can go for it. Because that Brooklyn team has is really scary right now because of the fact of Kyrie. You have Kyrie, who is a defensive dog, who a lot of people don't give credit for. Uh, you have a James Harden, who can score from whenever. You have a guy, Katie. You have, uh, if whenever DeAndre Jordan wants to play, a good defensive. The Brooklyn team has a lot of momentum. Yeah, and that's the, uh, that's the scary part. And that's the scary part about it is that momentum thing is just, ugh. So right now it's one of those things where it's just like, who? Right. So I don't know if you know everybody forgot about Clippers. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, what the to be fair, what happened once the clip? Listen, once the Clippers lost by fifty. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of. Like... <laughs> I'm here to skip talking anymore like that. <laughs> once the Clippers, like everybody was like, yeah, this you know they lost that year because they was in the bubble. They were gonna do. It. I'm like, no, like, like the Clippers. Hey, man, I got my own trainer back. We back. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I just can't wait for the Paul George. Like Paul George, like people forget. Paul George. <laughs> Paul George chases a ring too. Yeah, he does. Like people, like people love to throw every, like people throw everything out there. Like oh, you know, people like LeBron who chase a ring. People like KD, blah blah. Like Paul George been chasing a ring for the longest. That's different though, because we put him in a different category. We Ron put in, in in, yeah, category. he's in that. He's in yeah, he's in that. You know, category on to us. You know, the elite players who. Who we, didn't have to chase rings, by the way. Who didn't have to chase rings. We praise, you know, we praise them all for that. Yeah. But I think the problem, especially when everybody comes to where it comes to chasing rings, like, because I've said this, like, a lot of people either do two things. Either they'll be in the league for a supermax or a league or um, a ring. Uh, they'll do either they'll be in a supermax, they want a supermax or they want a ring. And a lot of people go for the supermax first because I don't blame you. Get that money, right? Like, if I'm playing a sport, <clears throat> get that money but when it comes to a ring i think a lot of people just become blinded by it right like a lot of people just think i need a ring so that way people can't remember me like we remember guys like charles barkley patrick ewing uh john stockton carl malone we remember all of those guys we remember Allen iverson even though they didn't win a ring because they were great players yeah. i think a lot of times it's i'm a great player but i don't want i don't want to be in that category i want to be in the category of guys who have rings yeah. so it's always one of those things where Ring chasing looks cool, but it's just like. But they hmm. also just played amazing. Yeah. I feel bad for Patrick. <laughs> I feel really bad. I mean, to be. the grand scheme of things. Listen, like, listen. Set up to win. Patrick, listen, Patrick Ewan, I I don't know if he, if him and Mike are cool, but he must hate Mike because he cost him. Oh, you know, they cool. He but. cost him two rings on two levels. Like, people forget. He beat him in the, eight, in the uh, NCAA, oh, NCAA championship, and yeah. then he never let him get a ring. Yeah. But also, but then again, but when Mike left though, they had a they chance. had a shot. They had a big chance, and they let that slip through. Oh yeah, I mean they still, I mean it's still the Knicks, you know, still ran by James Dolan, so <laughs> it, people forget. Like I know, I know the Knicks are still doing good. I'm just saying, just wait. That's true. That's true. Just wait. Also, I want to say this: someone who has quietly had a good year, or at least not a good year, but a good like past like three or four like weeks. Zach Levine of the Bulls. Yeah, he's snapping. He has had like he's like average, I think, like thirty five points in these last few games. And not for nothing, the Pistons are having a little decent. Yeah. It's one of those weird times where it's just like 
you don't, especially now, because that that division has come wide open now. Because with Victor Oladipo gone, there's no really anybody really there that's going to you know take that division by you know the horns and take it right. So maybe the like the Bulls have had one of those like the Bulls like have had one of those where where they've lost a lot but they've looked good in those losses right. Like I'm I'm not one to be like I'm not one to be like ah they lost but ah, they look really good like they still lost but they just took the Thunder to overtime last week. I mean let, you know, like two days ago they just you know. They've been quietly building up together, right? Like Kobe's been looking great. Zach looking great. Patrick's coming off the bench. He's looking great. Like, that team is really starting to get gel together. And, again, by all-star break, I would not be surprised if the Bulls are at least, at least in competition for the eighth seed. That's coming a little far. So That's why I said, I said, depending on where they at in um, the, you know, before all-star break. Because, again, if you look at the, if you look at the center right now, the Bulls, Cleveland, Indiana, Detroit, Milwaukee, right? Like, Milwaukee's going to win that division, of course. Like, no one's – like, Milwaukee's winning that division. I can see – I'll say this. Detroit and the Bulls may be battling out for the number two in that division. And I feel like at least two teams will come out of that division. Like they, like I said, they may slide into the AC. They, I don't think they're going to be too far up. I think they may slide into the AC. Oh yeah. And no one's talking about that. Him and Blake make a good. Well, it's 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 weirdly because it's Detroit. It's weird because it's Detroit, so nobody's like really focusing on them because Detroit hasn't had like that much relevance since the whole since the whole uh, Andre Drummond situation debacle thing is going to calm down and now he's kind of balling out in Cleveland which again is another one of those things where you just like huh he's having a good year too yeah so it's one of those things that's why I said like that division is kind of one of those sneaky ones where like you won't like everyone's looking at Milwaukee and like okay cool Milwaukee has that on lock but it's just like hmm I don't know maybe somebody from that other team could pop up so it all depends on basketball is very it's very entertaining yeah Especially, especially right around here now, because now it's going to get interesting. Like I said, All Star break is going to happen, so now it's going to be with no game, which is which is going to be sad because there's no game. Remember, this is upset because it was supposed to be in Indiana, which granted, there's not much to do in Indiana, but it would have been cool to go there. Yeah, right. Because I know, I know last year, well, last year was bad because it was like seven degrees, and people were like you gonna go down there? It's like, no, nah, I'm cold. Yeah, man, but shooting was down. <laughs> oh yeah, because shooting, listen, shooting was down. Shooting was down, right? Okay, listen, I t- listen. I told I told my homeboy like he's six he's six three. I'm like, listen, this your time, this your time. Just you better you know, go. They coming out there. They coming out there. You this your time. Oh yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? I play for the Wizards, man. Like, like, you could say, listen, I play for the Wizards. I play for the Wizards. I'm on the bench. You know what they go? They go look up. Like, hold on. Let me check that real quick. Let me check. Okay. You could shoot. You could just Google a name. It's like, yeah, I'm him. Yeah, yeah. Bench players are underrated. Yeah. You got a ring. <laughs> I mean, oh, especially you got you got a ring. You info, you can just go up there. Hey, yeah, just look at the ring, baby. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, keep your ring on. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, before I get about, it, I do have to talk about this because uh, the inter- the championship game, college football playoffs was entertaining to watch. Um, boy, yeah. The guy who won the Heisman went for 12, uh, 12 catches, 215 yards, and three touchdowns in the first half. Like, uh, I'll say this before. Like, this is the the 
uh, mirage of Alabama quarterbacks, right? Like, I'm going to say this now. I do not think Mac Jones is a high-level quarterback. I think he's second and third round at best, so do not try to bet the farm on him because uh, the greatest indictment on Alabama is that they can switch out great quarterbacks every year and have no drop-off, which means that quarterbacks probably aren't that great. Like, if the, like the receivers, like I said, I said this last week, like their receivers are like wide receiver you out there because – they have been balling at receivers, right? Like, because they always get, you know, again, they get, like, four- and five-star recruits, right, coming to their camps to be – come to their school to be receivers there, right? Like, so it's going to be – you know, you have top-level receivers there already there, and then you're getting more. So, yeah, so, like, the greatest indictment on Alabama quarterbacks is the fact that they, you know, tend to have great receivers all around, right? But I think the star of the game, which I don't think a lot of people are going to talk about, is Justin Fields. Right? Like Justin Fields had, again, people forget he had the rib injury going into the game. But I think his draft stock got elevated because of that game. Right? Like I think Justin Fields had one of those sneaky games where people are going to look at that like, yeah, he wasn't his best, but he also had bad ribs. Right? Like, but he still also kept that game relatively close up until a certain point where they just said, where Alabama just said, okay, we're going to take over. Um, but Justin Fields had, I think his draft stock rose up, right? Like now he is looking like the, at least the number two pick in the draft, right? Like the number two quarterback to go in. Um, like I said before, I really think, I really hope Atlanta picks him and gets Eric Bannon because I think he would be a perfect fit down there. I think everything surrounding that would work because of the fact that Justin Fields can throw the ball, has one of the biggest arms out there who gets underrated. Like he has a very good feet feet right like he has a very good um, quarterback mindset right he has a very good um set of skills that if you gel and if you grow and prove like he can be a quarterback of the future and especially in Atlanta where I don't know if you know they're going to bring back Matt Ryan right like I don't know if they're going to bring back uh well Raheem Morris well they're going to bring him back as a defense coordinator keep him there but I don't know if they're going to bring in an offensive you know guy who's going to make him better right so I hope that he does end up staying there because if in Atlanta you also have you also need a quarterback right like you need a quarterback because you need to go against if depending on when Breeze is going to leave right like if if Breeze leaves you know in the next two years you still have a guy you know in Taysom Hill who I think who I think has you know underrated been one of those fast sneaky fast guys so he has, but he has a bigger arm than I think a lot of people gave him credit for. He has actual skills at the quarterback other than just running. So, and you have, you know, Tom Brady's only going to be in Tampa Bay for another uh, two to three years, and they don't know what they're going to do in Carolina. So, we need to figure out what's going to happen. If you get a quarterback and you get a good coach, like in Atlanta, you guys have an opportunity to lead that division for a while. So I was like I said I will say like I think Justin Fields probably deserves to be the second pick quarterback, because um, no Trevor Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. Like Trevor Lawrence is a guy to trade to be your pick, right? So I think he's going to go to Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville has already come come to come terms with Urban Meyer, which is going to be the Urban Meyer hire is always going to be interesting because whenever a college quarterback or college coach goes to the NFL. It is more like, all right, can you coach men, right? Because college coaches coach, you know, 18 to about 23, 24-year-olds. 
they kind of end up holding their careers in their hands, so to speak, right? Like, because again, they are the gatekeeper. You want film, you know, you know, you know, scouts go to talk to their coaches, go to talk to the head coach, go to talk to their coaches, position coach, teachers, all that, you know, to see how he is as a player, how he is as a, you know, person, how he is as a leader, how he is as a student, you know, and with head coach, that becomes a certain amount of power, right? Like you sit in, uh, you sit in, rooms with parents right like you tell them all these things you know essentially you have to you know suck up to them to get their player they're like now when you coach in nfl right it's a job right like people there are working right like you don't as a head coach you have a certain level amount of power right because guys there are working there for a job right like they're getting a paycheck so now you can you leave your ego at the door and be like hey i am you know we're a team we got to do this together but this isn't but it's still my team right like so how is he going to balance that out and that's the thing that i don't know a lot of college coaches can do and what you don't want to do especially now when you're trying to rebuild that jacksonville team to what they were just a few years ago you don't want to get a coach that won't fit your system and you also don't want to get a a quarterback in trevor lawrence and end up wasting his generational talent because once that happens it's all over right like if you get you know, you get Trevor Lawrence and then you end up getting a coach that doesn't fit. You're going to end up wasting like a good three, four years of his life and end up getting him hurt in a lot of senses. So, but Jacksonville is in actually a very good spot because they have a great cap, right? They have draft picks. They have arguably the biggest uh, purse in the NFL right now at a hundred million. So they can go and hire, I mean, go and buy players who they will help rebuild that team. So, we're going to see where this is going to land. And I think if Jacksonville gets this right, they will be dangerous. If um, if Jacksonville can do this right, they will probably be a team that will be very good for years to come. So um, Jacksonville probably should really think about this before hiring Urban Meyer, right? Like, I think they should definitely get a coach that's going to be able to coach them correctly. So, all right, before I get up out of here, I got some shout-outs to do because <clears> – <throat> It feels like all of y'all decided to have y'all found today around each other. So, hold on. <clears throat> I got a shout-out to my boy Edmund, my brother from another. His founder day was like three days ago for Sigma. Sigma. You know, he was all ha- he's been doing all his things on there. My page has been blue and white for like a good three days because I got a whole bunch of Sigmas. I got a whole bunch of Zetas on my team. Shout-out to Hillary. Shout-out to Dee Dee. Shout-out to Brianna. Uh, and then it was funny because I got all of a sudden I got pink on there because so shout out to my aunt Cynthia she's an AKA so this was fun I told you I would do this here like I said I would so there you go y'all can get off my back now <laughs> but like I said before that is my time guys I appreciate you guys going in here uh, you can check me out every Sunday here on Fluent Radio shout out to them for putting me on um, of course <laughs> until then I will be back again uh, also. I know this is going to be fun, but the fun part about this is this. After this is going to be the championship game. So we're really going to go in a deep dive into this. Like I said, it's going to be, I'm going to put this out right now, Buffalo, Kansas City, Saints, Green Bay. Next week we'll talk about this because we actually have time to talk about it. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun watch. So enjoy the games. Enjoy your Sundays. Try not to get snowed on. Wear your mask. And I'm out. Two fingers. Deuces. <laughs>